It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where a Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. It is time for Faith and Life to Connect on Rise FM and on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. However you have found us today, thank you. I am Scott, and this is Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. And on the session today, we're going to talk about something that uh, can be helpful to you as the school year approaches, and that is learning styles. Knowing what style your kids learn at can be very helpful in your kids surviving school and maybe you surviving them in school. <laughs> yeah, you surviving their school. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> now, before we dive in, Tom, we dive to God's Word. Out of Romans 15, verse 4, Paul has this to say, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So learning can lead toward hope. I think it does. Yes, absolutely. Learning leads. Yes, absolutely. That's why my parents were hopeless. That's why. You, <laughs> that's why my parents were, especially when it came to me and math. Oh yeah. Yeah, me and story problems just did not get along. All right, so we're going to go into learning styles here, and you seem to have—is this three or four? Well, there's actually. Four. Okay, there are four. I wasn't quite sure if the first one was considered learning style or if that was introductory material. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll go through these, and you can really kind of select which one you think might fit your kids. Or you as well. Or, or yeah. you, absolutely. And what's really important about that is you want your child to exist in their learning style, that you want them to learn with theirs, not yours. And this is why meeting with your teachers is important, because you can impart this knowledge to your teacher. Right. And if they are indeed professional in in any way, and they are properly taught, they'll understand that as well, and they might be able to help your kid using that learning style so they can grow and and succeed. And then when you get those report cards, you can have a celebration of success. Success, yes. Yeah. All right. And Tom will have, I think you have a creative example to help us understand these learning styles. We'll try. We're we're going to try and speed through it, too. All right. First of all, the innovative learning style. So this is a group that would prefer discovering meaning. They want to discover it. They, They want to listen and share ideas. They enjoy small group discussion. They are divergent thinkers who believe in their own experience, and they excel in viewing concrete situations from many perspectives. So this gets good. They are not very creative, however. If it is a group project, they might be more interested. So they're not as interested in sitting down and doing something on their own. They want to collaborate with other people and and, and do something. They have their own divergent thinking in concrete thoughts about things. So let's just, as a suggestion, say, 
if these folks were pulled over for speeding, they're traveling 42 and a 35, they would be capable of saying, oh, I should probably travel the speed limit rather than getting a ticket. They would be capable of saying that. Whereas others would have, we'll, we'll find out more, they, they have a totally different response. Totally different perspective on that issue. Yeah. Okay. All right. So our second learning type after innovative is the analytic. Yeah. These folks are very interesting. Now, would this be you? Well, I have some analysis in me, but I also, one of the, my strengths for my analytic uh, nature is that I'm creative. So I can analyze it on a different, a lot of different levels. And oftentimes a great question that comes to my mind is what else is going on here? And then I try to analyze from that standpoint. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, to factor this in or factor that in. or I, I'm capable of saying to my patients, well, let's either rule this in or rule it out. And it's up to you. What do you think? And then, you know, I share it with them. Okay. Sometimes I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the analytic learner. Yeah. Well, they're driven by facts. So for them, if they're driven by facts, if they're sitting in the passenger seat, they're capable of telling their spouse, the speed limit is 35, not 36, not 37. <laughs> it's 35. So, so see, it's very fact oriented. So if you got picked up for speeding and you were doing 40 and a 35, they're capable of saying to you, the speed limit is 35, not 40. They're, they're driven by facts. So this could also apply to the police officer that pulls you over. Right. They're probably The very, fact is the speed yeah. limit is 35. The fact is you were doing 40. The yeah. fact is I'm writing you a ticket. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're getting the picture here. Okay. So they're interested in what the experts have to say. There's the, the police. They, they hear it. They're, they may or may not go with it. These are, are, are the people who love the traditional classroom. Straight lecture suits them just fine as long as the lecturer is qualified and is accurate. They're going to analyze what's being said so uh, to see whether or not they agree or disagree. So would this be the person that's also not above questioning the lecturer if they believe the facts uh, disagree with what's being presented? Yes. Yeah, very much so. Their strengths could be math and science. Well, you know, that's very, very, if we lump in their uh, right and left brain theory, traditionally, left brain folks were the, the number crunchers. You know, they were the business people. Not very creative. That, that's why they would always wear like the same color suit and tie because they just weren't creative enough to think <laughs> Of other combinations. These would, be, these would be the people that have their clothes lined up by day of the week. Yes. In the closet, and then they know it's Monday, I put this on. It's Tuesday, I put this on. You know, part of me wants to say, I kind of like that idea, because then I don't have to think. It's already taken. Exactly. That's Thank a, you. I, I said to, this morning to my wife, I said, do you like this shirt with these pants? She says, I like that one better. I said, it's a deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear it. There you go. Yeah. So the best teach the analytic learner, though, Scott, I found it, I, I need to give them details, lists, uh, maybe technical information, and quotes from the experts. Now they're going to begin to soak that up. They're going to think, oh, that's really good. So they, they, they tend to break out in a cold sweat when art, drama, or small group discussions take place. They want nothing to that do with it. That is not their thing. So in the classroom, they would also be more like 
you could set them off on a mission, an exploration, is an example maybe how many miles thick is our atmosphere or how, you know, what would it, what happens if we get out of the atmosphere? What's the temperature out there? And, and those kind of details and facts and how many miles between the Earth and the moon and Mars and so on, they would really go for that. So these would be the people that would really like research projects. Yeah. And writing term papers. And they would have all kinds of quotes from the experts saying this or this or this. This would be the kid who is told it's a 10-page research paper and they turn in 20. And that's sometimes a teacher's nightmare, but you get a class where you got a bunch of those? Uh, no, I was one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I want six pages. I gave them eight. Oh, there yeah. you go. Uh-huh. Because it's just the bibliography and the notes just dictated that's how much and so I did. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right. So we're talking about learning styles, kind of hoping to impart some information today that might help uh, in this coming school year with you understanding your kids, your teacher understanding your kids, and maybe your kids understanding themselves a little bit better. And it has the potential to turn a negative school experience and environment at home into a positive one. Uh, as an example, learning styles, my dad was very much sit at your desk, you read it. You don't read to find the answer. You read the whole thing. You read the whole chapter, not look for subtitles that might suggest, well, we're talking about the moon here and not Mars. He'd say you read the whole chapter on all the solar system and then you'd come back. Well, that would drive me nuts. I was more the kind of, of experiential learner. Here's the thought that, that becomes important. I had to do it his way. So I had to sit in my room at my desk, no music on whatsoever. That was really important to me. Today, if I'm even writing, it's possible I'm going to have some music playing. If I'm paying the bills for the business, I probably got some music going. It just really helps me. So anyway, I'm sitting at, at, at my desk in my room, perfectly silent with this book in front of me. I'm supposed to read the whole chapter, and I can literally hear the walls crawling. And saying, <laughs> I, I, I'm starting to break out in a cold sweat, and I'm thinking, I can't study here. You know, I have no idea. I mean, Dad said I have to do it for 45 minutes. Okay, I've got 40 to go. <laughs> 39. Yeah. See, that's the environment I craved. Okay. I have to even hear. I cannot have my monitor on in my office. If I am working on my show prep or writing, it has got to be dead dog silent. Okay, for you. And I am not above shutting my door right. saying I need quiet. And I can hear in this place, I can hear every little thing in my office. So having a weight room right next to my office is torture. Yeah, I bet. Every move somebody makes in there, I'm like, would you be quiet? <laughs> and all they did was walk across the floor. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> so we're talking about learning styles today. And number yeah. three is the common sense learner. Well, that's right, Scott. So these folks are the hands-on experiential learners. They have to experience it to try to learn it. These folks are like engineers, your nurses, your technicians, and scientists. Now, I'm a little concerned about a nurse. I would not want to have a common sense experiential learner for a nurse that would say, hmm, I wonder what would happen if we tried it this way. <laughs> That's why we have the game operation. Okay, yeah. So you, what happens if I do it? That, oh, yeah. no, okay. Yeah, we probably don't want to do it that way. You know, I've never really tried it that way before. Well, now, wait a minute. You said you're an experiential learner. 
Right. So I'm going to try it. You're going to try it a different yeah. way. I could read it in a book and it would say, no, 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 don't do that. But no, I got, I got it for find out for myself. Okay. I, I've got to do it myself. All right. So they are also capable of saying, I probably ought to drive the speed limit. This is the third ticket I've gotten. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the common sense learner would maybe go, you know, speed limit's 35, but what happens if I drive 42? Yeah. Or what happens if I drive 32? I wonder how high I can go before they're actually going to pull me over. So I'm going to experiment <laughs> with that. And, okay, we just found out it's 41. <laughs> yes. I'll remember that. I'll travel 40. <laughs> you know, I got to say also, before we get too far from it, I really like these little attachments that they put on the speed limit sign that tells you how fast you're going. Yes. They, they actually have been helpful. However, I got to say, on the way here, I got behind somebody at the light at, uh, on Lexington Avenue who went down Middle Belleville and then Logan. He was going so slow. Now, Scott, I'm serious when I say this. The light turned red at Logan Road in Middle Belleville, and he just made it. So he's a whole street light, a stoplight ahead of me. Before I got to Mansfield Christian, I was 100 yards behind him. So here he turned out and went in front of the school. I had to wait for the light to change to green and turned. And he was going so slow, I caught him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oi. Now, yeah. that's now that's uh, that's not a common sense learner. That's a terrified driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He was. All right. So our final learning style that we want to look at, and then I'm going to throw uh, our rabbit trail at you. Oh, Go awesome. Down, down, dive down the hole. But first, let's talk about the dynamic learner. Okay. The dynamic learner, Scott, are people like this that often seek careers in sales, action-oriented uh, managerial positions, and marketing. They want to change the environment and then study whether or not that was a good idea or not. These are the folks who would get pulled over traveling 45 and a 35, and they would have a fit that they won't change the speed limit to 45. <laughs> it really ought to be 45. You know, there's nobody around here. It's the middle of the country. We ought to be able to travel 45. That's that's the dynamic. Yeah, they they want the world to change to suit them. And then they would start a petition drive to change the speed limit on that road to 45. There we go. Yes. Yeah, that would be them. Okay. Yeah, and so they would end up in sales. Uh, the action-oriented managerial position, they're going to want to change what's going on in the protocol. That's just their, their nature. Would, would it be impolite to say they're the control freak? When it goes over the top, they probably are. The activists that we see in our world today, would those be considered the dynamic learner? They want to change everything. Everybody should think what they think. Yeah. All right. Down the rabbit hole we go. All right. Why not? All right. Now, maybe we've shared some information, and as you're listening, you're going, okay, that's my kid. Wait a minute. I've got three kids, and that's that one, that's that one, and that's the other one. Right. How do you manage a household? Now, maybe you can speak to this because you have four right. kids right how do you manage multiple learning styles in the same house let me also throw it into this perspective also how does a, a classroom teacher who has okay we'll be kind 27 <laughs> students in their class teach them all the same way you really can't we have 27 different personalities 
So growing up, we had four different personalities. Our children had four different uh, learning styles. I, I would say Mandy, she definitely wanted to read it. And she she only had to read it once and she knew it. Now the boys... <laughs> They had to experience it several different ways. <laughs> they did. And, uh, Jason, uh, he he would be able just to hear it, I think, and understand it. The problem with Jason was he would even do his homework. He was experiential. He he would learn as he did his homework. Problem was he could never find it. <laughs> could never get it turned in. David, I don't know that David was so bright. He never really had to work very hard in high school. And he did okay. He got pretty decent grades. So I'm not really sure what his learning <laughs> style would be. But when he hit college, for him, college was when he and his wife had moved to Florida and he had been working for one of the phone services like Verizon or one of those. He ends up deciding he wants to go back to school and finish his degree. I am pretty certain he had to read it. He wanted to read it, and he would understand it. Well, he graduated from the University of Florida. We don't hold that against him. Well, no. Not too much. (laughs) (laughs) But he, in his learning style, then, I think, was he would read it, and and he would know it. He he could read it and understand it. I think think their mom is a lot like that. I would be more the experiential one that we, we talked about. I had a different learning style than probably our children. But, but again, when we honor each person in our family, one of the ways we honor them is putting them in position to be successful, successful. so then we can celebrate the success that's right, with each one of them. And we celebrate including their siblings in whatever their celebration is, and it causes their stock to go up in their siblings' eyes. So it, it kind of sounds like what you and Kathy did was – Kathy might handle the ones that she could understand, and you would handle the kids that you understood. Right. And you could work with each of them that way by almost kind of a divide and conquer. That, that's true. And it really was also divided by subject area. If it had to do with school, they were Kathy's. If it had to... <laughs> <laughs> now, was there any chance, is there is there any benefit to the idea of maybe the older sibling, if they're willing to, help the younger one with the subject? You know, that is so powerful. Even when I was in the classroom teaching, I really promoted that and tried to encourage my fifth graders helping out some of the the younger class. Birth order for us, with David being the oldest, the boy, and then our daughter being the youngest, they didn't really have that kind of relationship where, if anything, you know, Mandy was so bright that she she hardly needed any help. And having just met Mandy a couple of weeks ago at the concert in the park, by the way, thank you for bringing her by. absolutely. We have got to get her on a microphone. I didn't have near enough time with her to be able to talk like I wanted to. And yeah, yeah, that would would be a lot of fun next time she's up. And, And she would be up to it. I think she's she's said it. I've yeah, given her enough notice. I think she will. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what what do we want to do is we put a bow on this, Tom. How can uh, parents really encourage their kids in their learning styles? Well, for one, we've got to identify what it is that both parent and child are aware of it. When does your child excel the most? 
and, and it could be something really simple. If you get a new game, how are they going to go about learning to play the game? There's some people who would be, let me get the directions, and we go, you know, and they're reading through the directions. It's so funny. On New Year's Eve, our church has game night, which our pastor absolutely loves games. I am too fried to focus on. <laughs> there's not enough megabytes available for me to learn a new game. So I'm like, yeah, you go ahead. So he's literally reading through the, the directions. For for me, I think, you know, let's create our own game here. <laughs> All right, another rabbit hole to dive All down. Right. Can learning styles change as your kids get older? They can, and they can change by from situation to situation. And there might be some ways that you want to be more of an experiential learner. Uh, there might be ways that it's not safe to be an experiential learner. Rock climbing. Yeah, yeah that's right. I wonder if that rock is solid or not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not good. I think as they get older, as an example, we might either A, become more of the reader. I, I've got to read it to make it make sense. They are likely going to read more because they're tired and frustrated with trying the experiential route. It can be helpful if you've got a, you know, a child at home and you're just not picking up what they're learning at. Right. You, know, you could be dealing with maybe a case of autism that you may right. not have caught or some other learning disability in addition to just learning their learning style. Right. And the best way to, to figure that out, if you're having trouble figuring that out on, at home, is maybe sit down with a Christian counselor and have that conversation. Right. It could very well be in just in a session or two, you kind of lay out, you know, hey, this looks like Johnny's picking things up this way. And, and the likelihood is that it would be how, how we would do it. If they came to Heritage, I would coach them. But there, here's a great example of how I have gone from an experiential learner to what some research calls an auditory learner. I want to hear it. It's when my phone, computer, or my smartwatch give me fits. I want to talk to one of my sons and say, hey, you know, how, how do you go about this? Well, you've done it before, Dad. Yeah, I know. Step by step, what do I do? And, they, and they, they're like, and they'll explain it to me, and we could do it. And so all of our children, are, they're convinced mom and dad are computer illiterates, but that's okay. That's that's what Angie thinks of me, and she's right. <laughs> <laughs> Angie has got it. She's been so patient. She's had to explain so many things to me mm -hmm. over and over and over before I finally get it. So auditory, but maybe does she walk you through it and you actually do it? A little a, bit of both. Okay. A little bit of both. Sometimes I can pick it up, just tell me what to do. A lot of times, okay, show me on this computer how this works. Yeah. Well, there's another factor here, Scott. My intelligence? No, no. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> I went there for you. I just opened the door and walked right through. I was going to say, 30 years ago, you probably could have picked it up faster. Um, maybe. <laughs> maybe. that that There are things I've looked at now and went, you know, I wonder if I would have understood that. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. So if somebody wants to start a conversation with Tom about the learning style of their kids or maybe themselves, you know, if you're having trouble picking up something new at work that they're laying out on you, you know, maybe understanding your learning style can be helpful. So how can they start a conversation with you? Well, I can be reached at Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. Com. And we appreciate you joining us today. Remember, your feedback's always welcome. You can suggest a show if you like. Just email scott at risefmohio.com. 